many businesses that right. you've started, right. and you you mentioned them briefly. Tell me a little bit about Matterway, how that got started, <laughs> and what was the impetus behind it? Yes, yeah. So so, what never happens is that you sit in this room and then poof, you have this great idea, like wow, I'm going to you know, build automation software for back office <laughs> automations. No, so what we do at Mataway here is, uh, you know, we call this task acceleration, okay? So broadly speaking, uh, we can say the following. Everybody would love to automate everything, as in work, uh, but realistically, you just can't. Yeah, like work is way more complex. Uh, uh, we focus on a subset that we can broadly categorize as, as administrative work. So we look at HR back offices, procurement, uh, you know, operations, that kind of stuff. So. Clerkly work. In Germany, we call this Sachbearbeitung, if you want to <laughs> translate that. But, um, uh, and uh, some of that work you can automate, and there's some fantastic companies being built there in, in the automation space from sort of UiPath, there's automation anyway, there's all these RPA companies, and there's also, let's say, more AI kind of companies that are being built, and there's really, really cool stuff and fascinating. If you look at Google Duplex, mind blowing. Um, but pragmatically speaking, most companies, um, you know, their processes are more inefficient. Just, they don't have the data to train AI models. They, uh, you know, they have acquired a company here, their process is there, and then they don't have the system unified with that HR system, and the, it's just messy. Yeah? Um, so what we found is that um, a lot of companies can't really automate so much, so we say, well, why don't we just accelerate the work that people are doing yeah? through automation-like technologies? And this is what Matterway is all about. It's basically accelerating the task, which really means, you can think of it as, as almost, do you know Microsoft Clippy? This, this cl clippy, you know, this, this oh, sort of yeah, annoying like, paperwork yeah. that was yeah. trying to help you. I have a Mac, but yeah, oh, so, so there, yeah, but maybe from back in the I'm days. Back you know. in the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, so we, we, you know, at Matterway we call this a, a digital assistant. Okay. It helps you basically with each of the tasks that you're working on. You can think of it as sort of as a intelligent checklist, yeah, because most of those tasks are routine tasks. Yeah, you sort of hey, process this parental leave. Okay, I need to do A, B, C, D, E go through all the five steps, or if you're, I don't know, a blue-collar worker, you have to do this, you're a white-collar worker, you know, kind of well-understood kind of processes, um, and our checklist takes you through that more efficiently. It automates the steps that can be automated, such as fetching information, automatically checking, comparing values, uh, giving you a recommendation, but it also basically lets you take the final decision, because sometimes the automation gets it wrong, and like, oh, I don't actually know what I'm supposed to do, can you please just fill in this field? So you're actually doing the work, but um, faster. That's why we call it acceleration. Do you have to tailor the um, the software to each company? Yes. So what our product is is basically a um, a I guess a creation a developer platform to create assistance. Um, in a similar way to nowadays, there are many automation companies that create bots. So they have platforms to create bots, and we sort of jokingly we say we are the platform to create exoskeletons because you still have the person there, but you know you just typing at 100 times the speed, obviously, that's not exactly what it is, but so um, our business is basically um, a mixture of uh, selling software, as in selling the software platform, let's say just like PowerPoint, if you want, yeah, to create a digital assistant for your particular 20, top 20 workflows in HR, parental leave, employee onboarding, employee offboarding, you know, these kind of things. Um, and obviously we, but in the future also our partners. Um, will provide the consulting service to do the customization. So just like the PowerPoint designer that will help you create a great piece of slides. And how did it come about? Like you're the co-founder, so yes. there's another part to you yes. <laughs> in this business. Yes. Um, how did you meet him or her? Yeah, so uh, Jan, my co-founder, he's French. Um, very interesting story how we met um, and also I guess how we ended up with Mataway. 
Um, we met in 2009, I think. I was at the time in India. I was running a company there, like my first startup, I guess, straight out of university. And, and I was blogging about what we were doing and we were actually doing a travel blog company as well. So we were using our product to just write about what we were doing and like the adventures we had in India. And Jan, he, he, he found us over the internet um, and, and he was at the time, um, you know, let's say, he, he was already, I think, the biggest publisher of Facebook games okay. uh, and quizzes. At the time when before before there was a Facebook platform, you know, like uh, when there was sort of the Super Wall. I don't know if you remember the Super Wall <laughs> or the Super Poke. You know, there was this is this is way before the fa Facebook graph even. Okay. Uh, so doesn't matter. Um, and he was the biggest publisher of non-English speaking content. So he had like all of these. Hey, which superhero are you? Which are you more like Ronaldo or more like David Beckham? Um, and, uh, and 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 he was looking for the next step at the time. Um, and uh, he was actually looking for other. Let's call it. Um, Westerners doing startups in uh, developing emerging markets, um, and I said, "Look, come over to India. You can stay at my place. Uh, you know, no boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> yes, stay at my place. Uh, I introduce you to a couple of companies. Maybe you can find a partner to help develop. You know, your next piece of software." And then, yeah. um, and then he did come over. We met like on the street because the rickshaw driver couldn't find our address, and like you know, the typical way I guess you might imagine India to be. Um, and uh, we've been together in quotation marks since then. We ended up starting our first company together in India, which was a software development company called Sapna Solutions. Um, we grew that very, I would say, rapidly to something like 60 people, organically as well. It had customers uh, in Germany, in France, in Italy, in UK. Um, that gave us, um, I guess, a lot of insight into technology software development in general, but it also made us move into the mobile market because that was the time when the iPhone came out, or mm -hmm. shortly after the iPhone came out. And so we did a lot of business there on the iPhone, also on the iPad. Um, and eventually, we, uh, when we sold the company in India, we moved back to Europe. We um, created um, something that would help online shops, um, let's say, improve their shop experience on the smartphone, on the iPhone. So, so this iPhone thread was sort of always there. And from that, we actually um, realized that the bigger potential, the bigger problem was in not only in mobile, uh, so not in mobile commerce, but in mobile enterprise. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, help everybody was going to have a smartphone at work sooner or later. It was sort of obvious at the time, 2012, 2013. Um, and no IT department was equipped to handle that. So this is actually what we then, let's say, doubled down on after, you know, after some time doing mobile commerce, we sort of doubled down on productive mobile. And that's actually what the company is legally still called today. Uh, but we then use this technology, you know, as part of productive mobile, we we invented a technology that sort of had a little software robot that was using your SAP system, let's say, and it would generate a nice user interface that is very easy to use so that you could use it on a smartphone. And with that, actually, it was our customers who told us, you know what, if I had this on the desktop, not just on the on smartphone, it's nice, I can, you know, approve my invoices on the toilet, <laughs> but, but like I have a thousand employees sitting, you know, in the office, that IT systems are terribly inefficient to use, can't we just somehow do this there? And that actually gave us the the final inspiration to to um, uh, to, to launch Matterway, really. Mm -hmm. And um, with all of the knowledge that we've gathered over the past years about usability, about you know software in general, about automation, you know, building those bots and so forth, that's um, what fueled Matterway. And we've only started Matterway um, about a year and a half ago, let's say beginning of 2019. And we had um, for Matterway, we had something like a bit, bit over two million in seed funding from the same investors that we had from, from Productive Mobile. 
um, and and yeah, it's been going very very well since. Especially like this entire automation market, this entire digitalization market is really seeing a lot of um, growth. It's a lot of let's say it's it's exactly what companies are looking for: pragmatic automation solutions to make them more efficient. Um, we're able to basically do something like seventy to eighty-five percent. That's what we've measured so far of efficiency gains per task. Uh, and all of this in a couple of days or a couple of weeks without changing any of the IT systems that the customer has. So yeah. we can just bolt on our digital assistant, slap it on top of your SAP system. You don't need to ask, or you should ask your IT for permission, but you don't need to ask them to make any changes. And we can make your employees uh, something like 70 so to 85% of um, old legacy systems and... Let's, let, there's a limit, let's say, to how old it can get. <laughs> okay. But we don't care which vendor it is we don't care what software, let's say, whether it's HR, whether it's in procurement, um, our assistants can automate it um, or simplify it in order for you to accelerate. That's really interesting. Yeah. Your trajectory has led you to where you are now. It Absolutely. Wasn't, it wasn't, some people think of entrepreneurship or startup in a very, I would say, romantic way that yes. people just wake up with an idea, yes. they build it, and then they Nothing is further like from Mark the truth. Zuckerberg. Yes. Yeah. That's far from the truth. It, Absolutely. It's really... I see entrepreneurship as a career. Yeah. It's it just it just constantly tests you and moves yes. you in different directions yes. and you pick up different things and yeah. you meet different people along the way. Yeah. Um, that sort of just moves your journey along. It's, and, it's and, never and just a one shot thing. That's absolutely and and the market is dynamic. Like if you are one of those one shot people then you will become irrelevant once the market is adjusted and this shot is, is, is not required anymore. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, uh, I fully agree. It's a it's a career. It's a process, and it's a process where you have to commit to to what I call the truth. I mean, it's it sounds a bit philosophical, but you have to commit to what is it that truly your customer needs? What problem do they have? And this includes sometimes discarding what you were working on for two years because you realize that actually, while this is great and we learned a lot, what they actually need is that, uh, or let's say the bigger opportunity. In our case, the bigger opportunity is if we can make them efficient in the office rather than on the smartphone. And we could use all of this knowledge um, to actually execute on that. And it's, I think, the in quotation marks, the humility to 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 uh, to admit that there's, you know, you never know everything, right? There's always something else that that you can learn from your customer, and sometimes that is actually the more relevant thing. And sometimes you don't you know, know what you don't know until until it appears to you, right? Okay. And then you might have to discard the past. Yeah. And in that sense, this um, very much is a defining, for me, this is a defining characteristic of entrepreneurship to, to really be an active listener, so to say, in quotation marks, of the market and to, you know, to take decisive steps when, when necessary. I mean, it doesn't happen every, you know, every month or every year for that matter, but um, the market is constantly shifting and technology is so dynamic, it's so competitive. And speaking of market shifts, um, I don't need to delve too much into how Corona has been so disruptive, but yeah. it has. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, in the markets, how has that affected um, Matterway yeah. in the working so, way? So, I, I'd say the first thing to say is that everybody has been healthy. <laughs> so, Germany, Berlin, generally, Corona working remotely also for us, not a big deal. Yeah? Um, the biggest impact that we have seen was twofold. First, um, obviously, customers are or were shutting down. So, that means sometimes really just slowing down because they had to adjust to remote work and sometimes literally closing factories for a month yeah? 
and when that happens just work doesn't get done yeah it's hard to win customers it's hard to you know pitch to them it's hard to get meetings um on top of that not being able to travel you know in an enterprise software game sort of i mean it it, it is nice to, to meet face to face i mean as you know um secondly for us importantly um because we're still a vc funded startup in that sense um we are dependent um on on investor money right and um one of the things investors are good at or are supposed to be good at anyways is pattern matching and obviously um those of us who remember 2000 2008 you know will remember different crashes or different sort of slowdowns you know in the market and um it was very unpredictable in march what would happen for the rest of the year so we saw a very rapid closing of the investor market like our our vcs they were also very let's say early to 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 caution us um so that has been let's say budget cuts has been or let's say being able to or having to be very cautious um has been a big, big impact from us not being able to obviously grow because customers are <laughs> not operating and then investors being very cautious now i can say 3 months on um people have adjusted um also investors have you know, especially with early stage vc funding it, you want to meet people like not being able to travel it's you know it's 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 not a problem that people don't know how to use zoom it's more like you want to you want to get a personal feeling of the team and, and like the environment so with limited travel that that is obviously a problem but it seems that 3 months on by and large investors have investors have adjusted they understand that at least the world is not ending completely um certain things did better certain things didn't um certainly investments are slower and the processes are slower but you know life goes on work goes on as good as it can anyways so um i think we have very much been impacted by that it's been slow it's been good as well partially because you know people have a bit more time uh, you have less less pressure we actually use this opportunity to um to really focus even more on um let's say on on the value proposition um so for us uh, corona in very in, in many ways have has been a blessing because you know it just forces you to stop doing certain things and to just focus um and i can absolutely say it's been for the better like the customer that the customers we were already working with um we managed to focus you know, dedicate more time to them because we were let's say it was very tough to win new customers in q2 so we were able to focus more on them deliver really great results again like i said like we have somewhere between 70 and 85% efficiency increase where previously they i don't need x minutes afterwards they needed y minutes or 85% less so 15% of of that so it's uh, it's fantastic the results that we were able to get just because we had the the calm is probably the wrong word but the the, the focus mm-hmm. um and uh, it obviously helps that you don't have to justify why <laughs> why you didn't win more customers uh, because you know you could actually finally just focus right and just say hey look corona was <laughs> markets were closed you know yeah. our priority was not on winning customers it was on making our customers successful yeah um that's been really 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 helpful now obviously we do have to continue to act with uh, interact with our investors and future investors because as an early stage startup we continue to be in the fundraising game um but we can do this with way more confidence now that we have achieved great customer results we can do this in more calm we're not in a rush anymore um it's yeah in many ways for us corona has been strange but good yeah it's it's yeah who would have thought
it's uh, it's funny how good things you can extract the good things, the positives, and again that goes back to you being an optimist. Yeah. You can see things in a glass half full sort yes. of way and focus on the positives. Yes. So there's nothing you can do to control the negatives. But yes. the other thing Corona has done, aside from the market shifts from a business perspective, it's um, I guess in some ways it's undermined. Um, our entire societal structures in many ways, how we work, yeah. how we interact, yeah. our governments, um, thinking about Lebanon, thinking about Black Lives Matter, um, thinking about how we've structured our supply chains mm. um, yeah. around the world, global Absolutely. value chains Absolutely. and global supply chains. Um, it's really undermined that and it's shifted, I would say, geopolitics from a global perspective as it was already there were already tensions between China and the United States, mm. um, and now it's become more intense and it's intensifying um, with even recent development. I don't want to reiterate mm. all the things Trump has said mm. or done. We'd be here mm. for uh, God knows how many years. Mm. But um, <laughs> <laughs> with the recent conversations, he's mm. been um, erupting over TikTok. What are your mm. views on that and how? Mm. So, so first of all, let me say, I don't think it has undermined our society, but it is certainly a stress tested. So, you know, it, it was, we revealed which nations were more healthy and which ones were less healthy, you know, like it revealed which ones are more resilient, which health systems are more resilient, uh, which ones have maybe higher trust in their government or like, you know, where, where do people, let's say, follow the rules and where don't they? Um, how, you know, quickly are able people, companies or governments or nations able to organize so it, it certainly you know revealed a lot of things um, maybe things that were known but nobody let's say stress tested um, secondly uh, I, I again like certain things are um, certain things are being challenged such as do I need to live in the inner city um, if I can work remotely or being able to work remotely that's like even politicians are having like meetings remotely and like in Europe there's this ridiculous thing between Brussels and I think Luxembourg I don't know like there's there's these two cities that are like within 100 kilometers of each other where they half the week they're there and they have the week they're there and they're traveling like every week or every two weeks, something ridiculous like that so and like companies like Deutsche Bahn or Siemens like really conservative companies are just doing home office because they had to they were forced to and they realize hey it's not so bad so in that sense again I wouldn't say that's undermining but it's definitely shaking things up um, and usually, again, being the optimist, when, when you shake things up, um, good things come out. And bad things happen, but often they were overdue, or they were going to happen sooner or later, and you know, they were being accelerated. Um, so, so I think it's, it's definitely a good thing that changes there. I'm not saying Corona is a good thing, and it's obviously tragic what's, what's happening, but you know, there, are many, there are many good things that, that will come out of it, or that are already coming out of it. Um, Politically speaking, I mean, where do we start? It's uh, before Corona. I mean, the, the U.S. politics, or let's say, partisanship, and and almost we can say, filter bubbles. I I would say is really at the heart of, of of a lot of this controversy, which is I don't and we don't live in the same world anymore because my filter bubble is different to yours, and therefore I don't understand you anymore. I I assume you are as not you, but you know somebody else is must be stupid. Or must be an idiot for thinking X, because I I, I just don't empathize with it, and like I, I don't have the same data points that they have been exposed to. I don't, you know, like I was saying earlier in the army, it's so great to have 
have had a shared experience with people from all walks of life. Um, if I hadn't do that, I wouldn't understand them, and I would just assume that oh, they must be stupid for thinking X or for voting X or for not doing Y. Um, and um, and that is certainly goes way back before Corona, right? Yeah. Um, um, and and tr Trump, in that deal. sense, is a symptom. It's the it's, it's the end result of of people not understanding each other. Um, and you know, you asked me earlier, well, you know, like, what is it? The, the, when when when, we, when the question is asked, like, what do we think of democracy? Well, you know, it's it's the power to the people, but each of the people has to somehow find a way. I'm not saying it's easy, but has to find a way to to wield the power responsibly. And and if we're not one, or if we're not aligned behind some sort of shared values, then you will optimize differently than I will, and then democracy will disintegrate because you will be, you know, you will be almost pissed off that that things didn't go the way you wanted, or like the minority will be pissed off when you know. Things don't don't go the way they want because we, we don't want the same things anymore and we don't understand why the others don't want or do want certain things and it's I, I think the real challenge here is, um, is 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 filter bubbles as 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 one of the problems but the right the right word is probably the real challenge is living in the same context which doesn't seem to be happening anymore thanks to personalization. Um, and the second aspect, or the flip side of that is, the second challenge in that sense is agreeing on what is true. Because again, if we live in different realities, obviously different things appear to be true. Um, so for you it's obvious that, I don't know, there's oppression uh, and sexism, and for me it's obvious that, I don't know, there's something else. Um, and, um, and that really is an unprecedented um, world that we live in, because because we, we can't agree on what's true anymore. We do live in different realities. We, uh, you know, we hear everything from any corner of the world suddenly, like so much information is there. There's so much, um, there's so few ways to, to get, to communicate well, and there's so many ways to communicate badly and disrespectfully, and people get offended and, uh, or offend each other deliberately. And, um, and since we can't agree on what's true and we live in different worlds and I disrespect, or like, you know, like, there's just anger, therefore everything disintegrates. So Are you seeing that in the office place? Because just, you know, ever since even um, the mm. Black Lives Matters and other campaigns, um, you know, there have been people who haven't said the right things. Um, there was a reporter in the US, mm. I think this was just in the past couple of weeks, he got fired mm. for writing on his Twitter, he wrote, um, all lives matter, and he got fired yeah. for it. Really? Oh, yeah. terrible. You yeah. get fired for for a tweet. For a tweet. I mean, that's just that's ridiculous. But look, it's and a free country, so you can work at wherever you want. And like, yeah. if you're happy to work at such a workplace, no problem. Yeah. Power to more power to you. Are, are you seeing um, that shift even in the office? So place? we try to be not so political, um, in the sense that we are not okay. Look, we're a small team, right? We're sixteen people here, but. Um, we obviously talk politics, but we, you know, it's sort of a separate thing. It has nothing to do with work. We're like, you're not evaluated by what you think. I mean, I, I don't care. Okay, if you're a Nazi, you probably wouldn't work here. But like, you can think whatever extreme view or, or political you have. And so long as you do a good job and you are obviously, you know, aligned somehow in, in, in the right ethics, you know, that's totally cool. Um, so we do not see this level of disintegration. But of course, we also see because it's just human we also see when teams compete not compete when teams don't understand each other uh, they distrust each other it's like oh those blah 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 those guys over there those people over there um 
it's very easy to like let's say otherness creeps in into any group of people including workplace all the time otherness is sort of the the entropy that that defines social interactions because it's very easy to have otherness because it's oh you're from that team I'm from this team you're clearly other or like you're from the Berlin office and I, we have one office but like it's easy to just point at someone or a group of people that are that are others um, and that creates distrust um, there's a fantastic book called tribal leadership I don't know if you've heard of it uh, um, it's it's a it's it's one of you know I have a handful of I read a lot of books but it's it's one of those books that that I recommend to everyone because it's it's about the different states mindset states of groups of people and um, without going to too much details you know they basically say there's there's five stages and one stage is sort of life sucks like everything is bad the second stage is such as in prisons you know like in a war zone like everything is clearly you know like I must kill you so that I, you don't kill me um, stage one so stage two is my life sucks so it's not life per se it's just I'm, I'm in a shitty place maybe I'm being bullied or I, like you know I'm getting fired anything like that the third stage is called I'm great in brackets and you're not haha so like I'm better than you like sort of my ego's there I have high status but I need to be higher than someone which is my victim somehow and that's sort of the office uh, you know this, this TV show it very much uh, depicts that kind of state and most of the world they say is, is in this kind of state like hey I'm great and you're not and that's cool so they it makes us right, compete I'm wrong. exactly it or pegs I'm me right against right you wrong. right yeah, in the workplace yeah. and that's extremely unproductive and when, whenever we speak about politics in the office it's usually that oh those guys from IT, they don't know what they're talking about. Or the guys from the business, they always want to move fast and they don't respect, uh, I don't know, robustness. Or wh whatever that might be. It's Trump really supporters <coughs> are deplorable. Oh, de ex exactly. Perfect example. So so this mindset is is inherently othering. It's inherently group, you know, putting my group relative to a inferior other group. Um, and I derive my status from being higher than you and that also means I will sometimes put people down just so that I have somebody who's lower than me mm -hmm. you know, it's like the horse that needs a goat next to it to feel good you know like I, I don't know if you this is <laughs> in agriculture there's well, in German there's this concept of the Beistellzieger it's this it's it's the, it's, literally, it's the goat that you put there to make the horse feel superior and then the horse is more healthy and it's more happy <laughs> I should walk around with a goat but it's, it's, it's a funny thing but and then there's stage four which, which is called we're great and that's this feeling of togetherness. We, as we are one, we are great, and we are achieving towards whatever I don't know, some higher purpose or you know something like that. And then there's, you know, you could say maybe at Tesla they have this, or at SpaceX where they're like, wow, we are, you know, okay, sure, we, we don't produce so many cars uh, compared to the rest of the world, but like, wow, we're breaking new ground here, and like nobody's done this before. And then you have this level five, which probably also you sometimes have at SpaceX, which they call innocent wonderment, which is. You know, you almost disintegrate. There's no we or I or them. There's just, isn't this amazing? You know, like we 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 just landed a rocket. Um, it is possible to land a rocket. Like you know, it's, it's so so. And and the point of what I'm, what I'm saying is that um, at the workplace, I'm very conscious, or I'm, I'm trying to be very observant about the language we use, and whether, let's say, the shape in which groups are forming, and are these groups collaborative or competitive. Um, or competitive, or let's say collaborative or negative is probably the right word. Like, do they trust each other, or do they distrust each other? Um, so I would say we or any company is at risk of seeing these things creep in. But I think here at least I pay very close attention 
to this. And I, I, I firmly believe that this is obviously superior than having it otherness creep in. And it is, um, you know, also the Corona time, it was a, it was a very, it was a balancing act for me from a leadership point of view to, to not be the buffoon who says, yeah, everything is great, uh, you know, but, but to, to, to confront, you know, credibly confront the challenges we have, make I'm sure everybody's on the same page, um, but also maintain a optimistic mindset so that everybody knows, okay, let's get back. It's going to be tough. We will have to find a way, but if we work together, we'll find a way. And, you know, and then you can say, well, why wouldn't we find a way? Because we have all the skills. We're like, you know, there's, there's many reasons to be optimistic, right? Mm -hmm. So from a, just from a leadership challenge point of view, this, is, this has been a, maybe not a challenging time, but it was a testing time. And I can, I think I'm not lying when I say, generally speaking, we're in an excellent, we're in a very good shape. The team spirit is very strong despite Corona, despite people like working from home. How do you measure that? Measure? Um, I would say conversations. Conversations, engagement of people, optimism you know you, you, you when you speak to somebody you feel whether somebody is depressed or, or engaged do you think they'll always tell you the truth um I'm not no. questioning it yeah yeah no um, um let's it's something say i think about too with yeah, teams yeah. Abs like, absolutely because i'm the leader do they just not want to tell me and how do i get to the truth so so inevitably i don't i only get one side of the picture um and i rely on let's say there's obviously a team that i work with and i rely on everybody to to be fairly open, so may maybe somebody is not willing to share something with me. But fair enough. I mean, it's <laughs> it can also be maybe intimidating to say something to your CEO, right? But um, uh, but 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 they will speak to others. Like we have a very open, um, I would say, a very open culture. Like we encourage also speaking about issues, and and you know, I call this normalization. Like if if I as the leader admit challenges or I admit, you know maybe even mistakes or uh, if I wrap something that is likely an awkward thing into yeah this is maybe a bit awkward but let's talk about this then it's suddenly okay that it's awkward or it's suddenly okay that that somebody made a mistake or it's suddenly okay um, to let's say maybe you know share some of those feelings that you have because a it's safe it's not you know it's good, you know, it's likely the beginning of, of the solution or of, of solving the problem, a process that solves the problem. And I think at the end of the day, there's only so much we can do. And my impact is also limited in that sense, but it's probably also the best thing I can do, which is set this example and hopefully everybody will then carry this torch forward. Um, and um, yeah, and the rest, uh, well, we will see, you know, we can't, we can't control everything. <laughs> this is what I love about you. You're such a pragmatic person. Right. You're, you're a truth seeker. I, I, that's exactly right. I'm, I'm absolutely a truth seeker. This is one of the and several people in my team. They will say the same things about them. Like we are all so so seeking the yeah being aligned with the truth of what's actually happening. And hopefully it's the same truth because we don't live in different bubbles, but we we actually have the same kind of truth. That is the ultimate thing. From understanding your customer to maybe understanding the needs of your your employees. To, to maybe reading between the lines of your investors um, and to trying to predict what's happening in 2021. At the end of the day, there's only certain fundamentals that are either uh, hypotheses that are either true or false that should be testable in some form or another and we must get as close as possible to them. Um, and that means putting our egos back because we inevitably will get certain things right but we will fail many, we will get many things wrong. And only by having a group of people that say, 
stress test things from the from the same angle, can we or can we hope to to have the right people? Like Ray Dalio, I don't know if you've, you've heard of this at Bridgewater. He has this believability rating. So different people, uh, employees have like there's this app where where people have uh, let's say a history of how right they were about certain topics. I guess uh, so the expertise and we can we can call it that way. And so they take decisions, not democratically, but by weighted average by believability. So certain topics you may be an expert on, we will still take other people's opinion, but your, your, your weight is higher. And that's really just a manifestation of their need or their urge or their attempt to try to get as close to the truth as possible with, within the limits of human cognition. Of it. We will never get 100% of the truth. How do you stay like this? Because, I mean, I'm sure everyone wants... A lot of people think they are truth seekers. They are after yeah. the truth. And um, how do you make sure that you you mentioned ego? How do you make yeah. sure you put your ego in the back seat? And yes. Because there are times we are tested, and we are animals. Yes. Um, I don't know if you read books like The Chimp Paradox no. or Edgar Tolles' The Power of Now. Um, no. You know they really talk about you know the other manifestation that is within us. Yes. Um, and how do you make sure that you don't get affected by it? Because we do go through daily lives and there are daily struggles and there are yes. daily pains. And sometimes physiological, we're just hangry. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> I can attest yes. to that. Do you need a snack? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I sometimes carry one yeah, yeah. in my bag. Um, so how do you make sure you stay consistent? What in, what Are there habits you've picked up? Are there people you, who have influenced you? Are there people you've idolized? Are there things that you do or you <coughs> seek to make sure you're consistent? Hmm. I think I think this is this is one of the big mysteries also for, for me because obviously I don't know why I am the way I am but but I am often said to have actually my sister would probably disagree but like many people that I work with professionally would would, would say that I have a low ego that I'm somehow able to to suppress that, or maybe suppress is the wrong word, but to to not be um, dominated by it. Um, um, but at the end of the day, I think it's 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 probably it's probably three points. One is just awareness, right? Knowing that you know I have a mental model of how people work, and that includes me because I'm a person, obviously. And um, it acknowledges the fact that there is the rational side. It acknowledges the fact that there's the emotional side. It acknowledges that. Sometimes things, you know, when we get hurt, you know, what is it that gets hurt, right? It's your ego that gets hurt, or it's the thing that we call the ego that, that's getting hurt, and and that triggers, let's call it, emotional responses. So being aware of that um, helps. It helps also anticipate maybe you know defensive uh, moves, and like I said earlier, normalizing things, meaning like, hey, it's okay that you maybe we this one we didn't get right or like here I'm not you look I'm not trying to criticize you but this idea like doesn't make sense in this context like you, you know speaking in a in a nonviolent way I guess really really helps to 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 contain this um secondly I think noticing it so and this is the hardest of all I think everybody notices when they get agitated like I get agitated not all the time but let's say it, it happens regularly that there's a topic and we passionately discuss it um and to be able to just detect that and in that moment to step back um, let's say one of the one of the tools that my co-founder Jan and I we have developed tools as part of behaviors that we've developed is whenever we find ourselves in a heated debate and we're not progressing and we sort of bang our head let's say for the third time on the same thing we conclude that probably we have different assumptions we take a step back breathe state our respective assumptions and then um, discover usually as a 
in 100% of the cases, discover that um, for certain reasons you're concluding something differently because you have different assumptions and I conclude things differently for different assumptions. So the thing that's obviously the true or obviously false is not also obviously true or so obviously false for you. And that usually helps to, to, to get out of this sort of emotional gridlock, which is often an ego uh, kind of gridlock. Because, um, y you know, if, if the right data, if the right arguments are presented, I think a, a reasonable person will not um, have a problem, especially if you make it easy, will not have the problem to, to change one's opinion, right? Of course, if you've been fighting and you've made it very personal, then, then that's sort of, yeah, that's, a big, that's a big problem. And um, probably the third thing is, I have this nature of being very cognitive. I just, I, I, I think it's a superior thing to, to, to sort of be on top of your senses and your ego and your urges maybe, and your, you know, sort of the animal in you. Like, I, I think it's good to, to strive towards um, what's the right word to to control the animal? Everybody is in some form, uh, like some I don't know. I haven't read those chimp books, but everybody is in some form an animal, let's say. And it's it's you know, you know I, I make it an effort, or I want to be the person that is able to to contain this animal or to unleash it where 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 required. To be in control. To be in control, yes. And sometimes this is being said as a negative or as constructive criticism to me as well. Um, but let's say so far, so far it's served me well. <laughs> it's very, what, a lot of what you say yeah. um, it mirrors um, Buddhist like ideology. I've, I've gotten more into it the past few years. Right. Practicing. Um, I'm not an expert. Dhamma Vipassana, but this is exactly, right. and, and even people like philosophers like Edgar Toll, mm -hmm. um, this is a lot of what they talk about. And it seems like you uh, What is it that they talk about? Um, being in control. Being right, yes. aware of the phys physiological yeah. restraints that you have. And recognizing them as just Re one of those things. Recognizing right? it um, helps you be more in control. Yes, That's absolutely. why they talk about practicing um, you know, silent meditation right. so that you can just focus on the inward aspects of yourself yeah. so that you won't allow the physical world and the external pain yeah. to affect you as right. much. Right. You're more in control. You come to it's it's on the path. It's really not um, it's not so much about control in the way they manifest it, but in terms of enlightenment. Right. That's how they would probably word it. Is you are more enlightened the more in control you are. Yeah. If, if we if we especially let's say on a scale of animal to enlightened, it's clear that the further away from the instinctive you know I don't know <laughs> chimp that's I mean, chimps are actually very smart that's but funny. you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and there, there's one other aspect, which is I've this year I've I've been thinking a lot about about ego and about status actually, and um, I've come to a conclusion. Um, and I, I, I I'm not as well read maybe as you are in like a lot of those theories or in philosophy and so on. But but I've come so so maybe what I've concluded is actually not new. But um, I find that not all but many emotions that we experience both positive and negative emotions are a result of what, what I call a status operation. So, so what do I mean by that? You know, we have senses, we, have, we can see, we can smell, we have even a sense of balance, you could say that's a sense, even though it's not typically one of the five senses. Um, and as social creatures, we, uh, we have evolved, for better or worse, a, a sense of of our position in some sort of social hierarchy. You, you know when you're sort of on top of the world and you know when you're the loser and you know when you feel down 
and you know you know when you when you feel energetic and you um um you, like in in a very crude sense you could like it's way more complex but in a very crude sense at any moment in time you could try to build a list a rank of and then find yourself wherever right whether it's you know let's say how did you perform in sports or whether this is like how am i feeling right now or like in this conversation i, I win the argument and therefore i'm on number one and you lose the argument therefore you're number two or number whatever um and we have a sense for this human dynamic because we have evolved as social creatures and um I think whenever there's a situation where your own perception of where you stand stands corrected relative to your actual experience, so with you know against what you thought you were actually higher status than you thought, you feel joy. When you when when you made to feel lower status, you feel either anger or shame or anything like that. You know, like when when you stand on a stage, everybody's applauding. That's in a way nothing other than than kudos. Like a, like a real-time injection of kudos and, you, and like you, every clap is sort of elevating you higher because there's a hundred people that applaud you so you are number one out of a hundred people, right? And that's extremely exhilarating. That's very, you know, it's, it's a very positive thing. And, and also, of course, the opposite is also true, which is when people feel humi humiliated. Sometimes um, uh, because of an aggression, like, you know, I, you know, we have an argument and I put you down. And sometimes also accidentally like you you don't want to ask a stupid question or maybe you ask a stupid like a quotation marks a question that the room perceives as a stupid question and you suddenly you feel somehow like you know nothing and therefore you feel that you're lower than you were and therefore you feel this emotion because you had this expectation of where you were and then reality is sort of flashes you with an updated sense of where you are and and this is what i think triggers in emo i think this is the root of many emotions like your your perception of of your status, mm -hmm. um, and so I, I, with this no model, I guess with this knowledge, I find I find this to be extremely important or helpful when when navigating any social situation. Um, you know, when when people are offended, it's often because of that. Um, and there are other reasons, well, but. I find this to be a very fascinating like status. I find so I, I did improv theater. One of one of my favorite pastimes <laughs> is improv theater, and they have this. And like improv theater, you have to imagine is basically the, maybe not the art, but the set of, the body of knowledge about how, to reenact a social situation authentically. Now that this is you know like theater, you, traditional theater you can say is drama and like you know a lot about the script and, and and acting. But improv is really about reading the room and reacting to it and then doing things that that look. Or that to the audience look plausible. Yeah, like if you do something implausible, that it would be weird. You have this uncanny kind of situation. And status is one of the most fundamental concepts in improv theater. Mm -hmm. um, and and you know there are many exercises to practice that. Um, and we actually introduced improv theater some time ago here in the company. We we, we stopped it because we were we weren't enough people unfortunately to sustain it. But um, it it was just very very interesting. Initially, I wanted to do it because I wanted the sales team to let's say practice their eloquence and and their communication because obviously you want to um not just say the right words but you want to say this with the right body language and and, and all, all this kind of stuff and 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 improv it's just great full stop but turns out that a lot of the engineers they they liked it at least as much if not more because for them for the first time i'm, I'm patronizing a little bit it's not as you know as, i'm portraying it a little bit more dramatic than it actually was but for many, let's say, if you're more introverted, which you typically are if you're an engineer, or not typically, but as many engineers are introverted, um, you haven't necessarily learned 
you know, all the tricks, so to say, uh, than, let's say, the extroverted, I don't know, sales guy. Yeah? Um, and uh, through games uh, and some of the schools of thought of, of improv theater, you know, you, you get to appreciate actually different situations. You actually get to say, hey, hang on a second. Do you notice that when I do this, imposing, that, how do you feel, right? And then, you know, do the opposite and like, you know, okay, now in this scene, you're arguing, try to disarm this argument by just walking away. Boom. And then you do this and you, you, you notice how the energy changes. It's just fantastic. So all of these human dynamics that, that improv theater teaches um, are great. And one key point is status. And I think this is, you know, my, my latest theory, I guess, or my latest thinking is really that status is so at the core of, of our emotions or of feeling certain emotions, not all of them, that it is, it is, it's a fantastic tool to, to be aware of. I can only recommend improv theater to everyone. I've been wanting to do it for a long time. Well, you're in Berlin now. There's no excuse. <laughs> and frankly speaking, I don't know what, what, what you do eight hours a day, but probably you don't have a demanding, let's say, you don't have a boss that's yeah. breathing down your neck. Im okay, I don't know about Corona right now, but yeah. if you can, do improv theater. Go to meetup.com, look for improv Berlin. There's enough beginner or advanced classes. It's fantastic. I, I think it's a great... I, I tried it a couple times in Toronto. Yeah. Um, and it was just great because you yeah. let go of all your inhibitions yes. Yes. and you're just free and you're yes. just yourself you have to think on the spot yes um, and everything is exposed correct yes um, and you feel so raw and vulnerable yes um, and, and once you and it is scary but once you um, manage to break through this initial scare um, it's hard to stop I find yeah it's a bit like jump, like yeah. It's a bit like jumping into the water from a you know higher, I don't know, tower yeah. or something. Well, Anthony, um, I think you and I can just speak for hours. Yes, um, probably. You are such an interesting person. <laughs> you talking to you, I now see why we were connected um, <laughs> okay. to do this conversation. Right. You embody what how I envision um, an entrepreneur to be in control. Um, connected to you know the people um, that he's around whether it's the customer mm. or whether it's the people in his team mm. looking at finding the truth and being not detached from it but being observant of it yeah. it's you remind me when I think about philosophers I think about people like you because they tend to have very technical backgrounds be, right? be it scientists or engineering yeah, right. um, but also very much outward in their focus and ideology to better understand the world mm. and it is what you're doing with every business you seem to have started and mm. the journey that you've been on is trying to better understand the world and the people around you very much so um, and it's really fascinating and it's fascinating how you've done that um, and how you practice Buddhist ideology without <laughs> being a Buddhist <laughs> are you a Buddha um, and it's I've it's fascinating um, and how you're able to understand it from a, um, not just a physiological perspective but the psychological elements yes. as well and you're yes. able to understand the theory behind it um, and that's really important as well yeah. um, I do want to ask you um, because we haven't had a chance to cover everything with yeah. you how can listeners connect with you um, probably the easiest is to actually reach out on LinkedIn. Um, I do always say I don't accept LinkedIn requests that don't state sort of why they're connecting. So I think if you want to connect, just say, hey. You know, I do have to say, because we are connected on LinkedIn, yeah. and I had to put your email address in. 
Interesting. Oh, is that right? Yes. You have that setting on your LinkedIn. So not huh. everyone can connect with you. Is there another yeah, way yeah, people can connect with you? Um, then it has to be, I think, by email. By email. By emailing me or by putting the email into LinkedIn. <laughs> uh, and I guess probably the easiest is my work email. It's I'm going to spell it if that's okay, all right. Okay, that's fine. But you will get emails. Is that, are you okay? Yeah, look, this. I may not respond. <laughs> <laughs> no, but jokes aside, sure. I mean, look, I'm, I'm always very oh, happy yes. to, to connect to people and to, um, to, to actually to learn because, you know, not every person is interesting, but like most people are interesting, I think. And there's always something you need to learn. Um, so yeah, ahsio at madaway.io. Maybe you can I'll, link I'll it. put it down at the, yeah, yeah. That's at the cool. description. That's, that's cool. fabulous. Thank you so much, Anthony. I enjoyed this conversation and hope to have many more like this with you. Maybe thank you, with likewise. some bottle of wine. Huh? <laughs> maybe with the absolutely, bottle of wine. absolutely, and yeah. some whiskey, maybe either or. We can we can arrange for that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks for having me.